You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum, and I am an artist and a healer. This week, we're continuing with The Artist's Way, and we are at week seven, recovering a sense of connection. This episode is about our connection to our dreams and to the universe, more so than with other people. Um, And it starts out with a section on listening. In this section, she talks about how the morning pages and our artist dates are a way of us like honing in on that connection because it's time just for ourselves and with the express purpose of exploring our feelings, exploring what's going on in our minds, and really giving ourselves the space to do something that lights us up. By doing this, it helps us to hear past the sensor that we talked about earlier in the book, our ego that tries to tell us that we're bad at things or that we are wasting our time, and also reminds us that art and creativity is not so much trying really hard to think up an idea, but really being open to receiving and downloading that idea. So being quiet, being still, writing in the morning pages, those are all things that help us to be more of a conduit than a creator. And that's a point that she makes that she really talks about a lot in this chapter, how we're not really the ones who own the idea. We're just the ones who are the conduit for it. So we're the ones who are letting it flow through us and we're the ones taking action on that idea. So it's really the medium or whatever the creative creative outlet is that's taking the lead and we're just kind of dropping into the stream of inspiration in order to make it a reality. She says that inspiration, like moments of inspiration, ask us to move with faith And really what that boils down to for me is spirit crumbs, those moments when you're inspired, something really resonates with you, and then you actually take action on it. And with practice, when we do this over and over again, we're able to just tune into that frequency of creativity and connection. And essentially, that's like when we meditate or when we intentionally channel information, sometimes that can be through the morning pages that can be through like automatic writing. But it's true, the more you do it, the easier it is to tune into that energy because you become more familiar with it and it's different for each person. So you have to kind of explore what works for you and then really learn how that feels for you. And then she talks about when you agree to co-create a project, what you need kind of appears. So whether that's help from other people or the right course to help you hone your skills or just even a way to get supplies at a reasonable price or somebody might offer them to you. So basically, again, like synchronicities and like spirit crumbs, how things will just kind of line up for you and keep moving you in that direction. But you really, in order for that to happen, you really need to get used to accepting that the universe wants to support your dreams. And that's where in this chapter, she actually is talking in like the little 
overview of it about how this is an exercise in having the right attitude around creativity and it involves having that faith and that trust. Perfectionism is the next section and she talks about it being basically just a loop that keeps us from moving ahead and preventing us from seeing the big picture by overfixing details and really looking at it from a close-up perspective, it really takes away the flow because when we're able to keep moving forward and flowing with the process, that's how it becomes more of a natural creative flow. Making every draft the final keeps us from trying. And it's that idea of not needing everything to be perfect before you just do it, right? And like done is better than perfect. I think for me, that comes up a lot too, like where I won't sometimes start a project until I think I already have it figured out in my head of what it's going to look like when I'm done or how it's going to turn out. But I've slowly started moving away from that and letting myself try it and just see what comes up. I still haven't had a huge breakthrough lately in my art stuff just because I've been focusing more on other projects, but taking little steps towards it does feel good. And for me, the perfectionism when I was in school came up a lot too, because I knew I was being graded. So if you're doing it even for a client, I can see where like doing commissions or something or doing something that you know is going to be shared with a lot of people can be scary. And that's why I think this podcast actually helps me because as much as I edit my episodes, like I don't change a whole lot. I cut out some stuff here and there, but for the most part, it is what it is. And I don't plan a whole lot ahead of time. I have like really vague notes in front of me from if it's especially if I'm doing something like this, like something that's from an original source, like I'm working from the artist's way. But if I'm just doing one of my episodes on a topic, usually I'm just talking. <laughs> so I don't wait to have like all the details figured out ahead of time anymore. And that does feel good too. A quote that she has here that kind of sums up how she feels about perfectionism is, Perfectionism is not a quest for the best. It is a pursuit of the worst in ourselves. The part that tells us that nothing we do will ever be good enough, that we should try again. So this kind of resonates with me because I feel like letting go is a part of creativity, that that is something we have to do eventually. Like if somebody really kept sticking with that perfectionism, a lot of pieces of art that exist probably wouldn't be what they are today. If people just kept adding or kept taking away, it wouldn't be what it was meant to be. And that's that idea she mentioned before of really just letting it flow. And then the next section that she has here is on risk and how it's really hard for us to get out of our head and into action. Part of what that is kind of goes back to perfectionism because we tend to compare our progress to masterpieces and works we've seen in museums thinking that ours has to be at that level it goes back to something that was earlier in the book that says we have to be willing to do it badly you can't get better unless you try it. And that's something I've struggled with a lot. I, like I said, I don't like doing things if I don't have it figured out first, but I'm gradually getting better at doing that. And again, I need to work on that with my own art because I have obviously four years of university 
that I just finished. And it's very different doing work for yourself versus for school. So I'm trying to transition myself into a more explorative practice, but it is difficult. So I feel for you if you're experiencing this too. I have two quotes that she has here. One is, safety is a very expensive illusion. And for me, that totally resonates because we think if we stay with what we're doing and what's been working so far, that that's the way to go. But really it limits us. It keeps us from finding what else is out there, what else is meant for us that could be way more expansive. And we waste time by doing things the way we used to when we have so much more that's meant for us. And the second one is usually when we say we can't do something, what we mean is that we won't do something unless we can guarantee that we'll do it perfectly. So that's just another way of saying what we've been saying this whole time, right? That it's we're limiting our possibility by sticking with a particular style and really not allowing ourselves to move forward. There are a few different activities in this chapter again. The first one is a list that you make. So we've done these before where you do 20 things and they end the phrase, if I didn't have to do it perfectly, I would try. And then you list 20 of those things. And it could be anything. It can be something creative. It can just be something fun that you've always wanted to do. Anything that you would just want to try that maybe you've held yourself back from in the past. And then a quote for that is selecting a challenge and meeting it creates a sense of self-empowerment that becomes the ground for further successful challenges. That is something that really resonates for me right now too, because I've been talking a lot about committing to yourself and trusting yourself first before you're able to trust in anything else. And so if you're making this commitment to go through the artist's way and you're really committing to finding some sort of creative outlet, then this challenge of like selecting something from that list, maybe something that you haven't tried before would be a good place to start of just challenging yourself to do it and then following through so that you can feel really good about completing something that you promised yourself. Jealousy is the last section here. And it says that jealousy is a map. So it's telling you that you're feeling fear because something you haven't done yet or something you want to do is being shown to you. And it's a reminder that you really are scared to do it. For me, jealousy has turned into more of like a way of finding what lights me up and what really makes me want to do better or makes me want to try new things. Something else that's come up a lot is that it doesn't make sense to be jealous when there are so many people doing the same thing. So when you see someone doing something and you think like, oh, I wish that could be me. It's like, well, it could because we all can do whatever comes to us, right? Whatever inspires us is what we're meant to do. You know, we have to kind of figure out for ourselves what it is we're being jealous about or what is triggering that jealousy so that maybe we can find out what we actually want to explore more. So that could help us with our our list even of like what we want to try, but we're afraid of doing it imperfectly. And the way that she describes doing a jealousy map is to have three columns to have who, why, and then action. 
So you can maybe write down who triggered you or like what the trigger was, why you think it triggered you, like what it is about that that is upsetting you or that you're jealous about, like whether it's what somebody is wearing or the position they have at work, whatever it might be. And then the action column is for you to decide what actions you need to take in order to relieve that jealousy. So if you're jealous of the fact that somebody just finished their first book and you know that you want to write a book, then an action would be starting to write in an outline or brainstorming ideas or starting, if you already have started something, getting back to it and really just spending some time with it, it whether that's, again, like brainstorming or just sitting down and writing more often, creating that space for it. Another exercise is called archaeology, and it's another one where I'm going to say the phrases and you'll complete them either in your head or writing them down. And you can pause them if you want to come back to them, but it's kind of nice to at least allow your brain to think the first thing that comes up for you. So complete these phrases. As a kid, I missed the chance to. As a kid, I lacked. As a kid, I could have used. As a kid, I dreamed of being. As a kid, I wanted a. In my house, we never had enough. As a kid, I needed more. I am sorry that I will never again see. For years, I have missed and wondered about. I beat myself up about the loss of. And then there's another section here that's more positive. So instead of just looking at what we maybe missed out on, looking at what's good that you have to start with when you're building something new for yourself. So we're building like a new phase for ourselves of being more present and really being more connected again with the theme of the, of the episode, being more connected to our dreams and making them happen. So now you can finish these phrases. I have a lo loyal friend in. One thing I like about my town is. I think I have nice. Writing my morning pages has shown me I can. I am taking a greater interest in. I believe I am getting better at. My artist has started to pay more attention to. My self-care is. I feel more. Possibly my creativity is. And that is the end of the chapter. I know this one's a bit shorter, but it is honestly not my favorite one because I feel like it repeats a lot of things from previous chapters, but I do like the categories that she brings up because I think even just knowing what those are kind of give you a guideline for how to maybe shift your attitude that's been coming up around these things. Cause like, if you think about it, like jealousy, risk, uh, perfectionism, listening, 
those are all things we can work on. And those are ways that show us what we're not really using to our best ability, right? Like if we're not taking the risks we need to take, if we're not listening to what's coming in for us, if we're asking for answers and not taking the time to listen, and if we're really having these bouts of jealousy and we're allowing it to hold us back instead or give up instead of pushing through that, those are all just things that we can see and say, okay, yeah, you know what? These are all showing me areas that I need to expand more instead of allowing them to make me want to contract and go back into my old habits. And so this week's tasks are make this phrase phrase a mantra. Treating myself like a precious object will make me strong. So she's saying to make this look really nice, like make it into like you can do like a watercolor and like write it really fancy or whatever. But the main thing is really feeling into what that means, which is telling us not to be hard on ourselves because that's not going to make us stronger. Beating ourselves up doesn't make us feel like we want to move forward. That's what creates more need for perfectionism, right? And for doing things a certain way. But when we're really cherishing ourselves, that it gives us a strength because we realize that we have all these great gifts and that we just need the patience and time to work on them. And then task number two is give yourself time to listen to one side of an album just for the heck of it. And obviously not all of us have albums now, not all of us have CDs, but even just finding a playlist that you enjoy and just listening to it all the way through without skipping songs or doing other things. Um, she also mentions doodling or noting thoughts that come to mind. But honestly, this is something that's coming up for me a lot in my own art practice. It was one of the first projects that I had when I was in my interior design class, the one that I transferred out of, but the one where I really found that I loved art. And that was the very first project we had was to listen to different songs. And we had to choose four of them to draw an image, like just to draw what we were hearing. And it is really interesting when you try to cross the senses in any way, like even if like you try different things, like deciding, like smelling your favorite essential oils and deciding what color it is, not based on what color the plant or original source was, but just what it makes you feel. Any of those things can really help you. And it's like a mini artist date. So it helps you break your stress and see what insights come in. Number three is to take yourself into a sacred space. And so whether you consider this a grove of trees, a library, a church, whatever that is, and just really savor the silence it's really healing to be in that energy and i find it interesting that she's chosen another one that's based on like the sound and just feeling of something because that has been resonating with me a lot lately so for me this is like a spirit crown because it's like yes i've been telling myself i need to start doing that because i'm very clear audience but i'm more clear cognizant and I know that I could get more of that clear audience information if I were to slow down and like really focus on frequencies and sounds and feelings. But she does make sure to say that this is literally any place that you 
feel this sacredness. So even if you just have like a really great experience, if you go to like an aquarium store or like these are examples she gives or like a clock store, maybe you go to the pet store and just like pay attention to what the animals are doing, whatever it is that makes you feel like what she says is a timeless wonder, like something where you could just lose yourself in the time um, and experiment. I like that the first example she gave are more like based on being in a quiet healing space, but she does say that like, if that's not your idea of sacred space, find something that is. And number four, I didn't even know this was it. I purposely didn't read these ahead of time this time. Create one wonderful smell in your house with soup, incense, fir branches, candles, whatever. And this is a huge spirit crumb for me. Like my heart chakra is expanding because smell is the other thing I mentioned for a reason, because that is something that helps me get into that sacred energy. So when she talked about here, like fir branches, I have an essential oil that's cedar wood and pine that I can smell it and I'm instantly like grounded and like open and it is really interesting how smell also holds uh, memories so if there's something that you associate with a person or a time or a place it's very powerful so I really do love this task and I would highly recommend doing this one as well just because even if you're putting on a scented candle or cooking something that makes you feel good, you can actually feel how that changes it. Like, you know, when you like open up a pot and like smell it once it's been like actually allowing the flavors to marinate together. It's just the, one of those things that makes you happy. You could even just like boil cinnamon and different um, spices on the stove and just have that in the house. I also have done that a couple times and I really love it with like fresh cinnamon sticks and like cloves and stuff. And then number five is to wear an item of clothing that is like your favorite, even if it's really dressy, but for no special occasion, like just put it on for a day at home or just when you're doing stuff for work or around the house, or even if it's just for a nice dinner, like just dressing up for no reason. Number six is to buy one wonderful pair of socks, one wonderful pair of gloves, and one wonderfully comforting, self-loving something. So this, again, is very sensory. I don't know how I knew this was going sensory because, like I said, I haven't read these tasks, but I am wearing right now some very furry socks because I'm, I like them and they are very comfortable. So I actually 100% agree with this one as well. It's not often that I'm this excited about this many of the, of the tasks for the week, but I do think that's a great idea. And then collage, it says to collect the stack of at least 10 magazines, which you will allow yourself to freely dismember. And then it's a, but you have to give yourself a 20 minute timeout to tear out whatever you want from the magazines and collecting images that reflect your life or interest. So this is kind of like before when we were creating an image um, file, but it's more of you just physically ripping through and seeing anything that reminds you of you. So it can be past, present, future, and it's just okay to even grab ones you just really, really love. But she says to like really keep pulling until you have a good stack of images. So do it constantly and don't take too long on each one. And then after that, arrange them into a way that pleases you. 
And so this is really fun just for no reason. So it's not even necessarily like um, a vision board, what we were talking about in another episode. This is more just to make it look nice and still resonate with you. So you have a personal attachment to it. And so for me, this is like the clairvoyant part. Like this is the view, like the vision part, right? Like we've done the that we've done the sound, we've done the smell, which could be a taste if you eat whatever you make, if you're cooking. Um, and then the, the feeling by having like the nice feeling things and like the clothing. And this is the one where it's just creating something that looks nice just for the heck of it. And then eight is quickly list your five favorite films. And then do you see any common denominators among them? So this one I'll do right now I will tell you my five favorite films that I go back to and again I have other favorite films that are in different categories but the five ones that I watch over and over again are Serendipity, You've Got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle, When Harry Met Sally, and Charade by with Audrey Hepburn. Those are like the five movies I go back to all the time. They're all romantic comedies. Most of them take place in the fall and they have an element of nostalgia for me. And that for me is something that is like, I guess a, a regular thing I go back to because I actually did a post this week, which again, this is like very synchronistic for this week, but I posted about autumn and how when I go on walks in autumn and it's just that really nice scenery of like walking through, you know, rows of trees, it reminds me of being in a romantic comedy because there's this like comfort in that and this season that, that you know you're going to be more cozy you can like bundle up with like a sweater and go for a walk and the colors are just so beautiful and that does say a lot about me right like about what my favorite things are what makes me feel comfortable so you can look at yours and see are they all the same genre are there similar like family uh, dynamics in them is there and then you can look at your collage either before or after and see if there's anything that comes up in all of that's the same and all of the images that you choose and see if it, there's a similar theme I'm gonna have to do this now I do have a giant stack of magazines actually at my house so I, this will not be hard for me to do either and then name your favorite topics to read about this could be anything and then also see if there's a similar topic here, like something that relates. Honestly, like most of mine are spiritual books and like botany and ecology and about plants. So that also makes a lot of sense because I really love essential oils. I love being in the forest. I love everything about plants. I have plants in my house and obviously I'm doing a lot of spiritual work. So that's pretty easy for mine. Mine are not hard because I don't read a lot of fiction, so it's not hard to see where my interests are because they're very nonfiction. And then give your collage a place of honor. Even if it's a secret place of honor, that's fine, but somewhere that's yours that you can return to and you can also change it up every few months. And you can, you can make it more into something that you're trying to accomplish like you can make it around a goal later on but the first one that you do needs to be just random i used to have one that was on the back of my closet door when i opened it and i found that really helpful 
So for the check-in, there's always the question if you've done your morning pages. And this week asks if you've allowed yourself to daydream with a few creative risks. And are you coddling your artist with some childhood loves, like some things that are fun? I did my artist pages mostly, but I haven't done them in the last couple of days because I haven't been at home. So I'm going to have to get back in that routine. Did you do your artist date this week? You know what? I actually did a really different artist week, artist date last week where I knew I was coming to visit my brothers first and then my parents. And I was trying to think of what I could bring for them. And I go on a walk, as you know, like every day. And there's a brewery that I pass all the time. And I didn't even know it was there, honestly, until I started walking. And I've lived in the city for five years. So it's new. Like it's newer, but still, I didn't know it was there. And I was like, you know what? I'm not a beer drinker at all, but I'm going to choose cans for them and then go pick them up myself. And so I actually did that. I like, wa- I went online, I picked them out. I called the, the store to make sure they'd be there. And then I walked over and picked them up and brought them to them. And it was, it felt really nice to just do something for other people that was just part of my time on my own. And it was a different, it was a different experience having like a destination on the walk, but something to look forward to. I also discovered that they have a really cute bar there and I'm pretty sure they do coffee. So maybe sometime I'll go there to do my brainstorming and do some work. But yeah, she always asks other questions. I don't always share them with you because they're just like what we've already been talking about. But she asks if you have experienced any synchronicity, which she asks, I think, every week. And that's something I'm so aware of usually that I don't think of asking myself. And then were there any issues that I guess, like prevented you from moving forward with this process and then describing them. So those are things you could write about in your morning pages. If they're coming up, like if there's something that keeps you from doing the morning pages, you could really look at that too. I also am very flexible with myself because I'm very, very good at sticking to my routine when I'm at home. So if it's for a matter of a few days here and there, I actually do get back into the routine fairly easily. But I would love to hear what you guys thought of this week, because like I said, it's not my favorite, but we'll see what you guys feel about it. And I really do hope you do start taking more risks and try some of those activities because I actually really love these. That's one thing I do actually love about this chapter. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs. Or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.